0: What it is, what's up? Gotcha Podcast in the cut. A glorious day, um and as your host today tell us this, I will be letting you know that I looked like a goofy when this news came out about an hour ago. So I had to run back from the Student Center, if you attend Auburn or you know, the City of Auburn, you know what I'm referring to. Student Center back to my apartment uh to get this cracking and um you know, I realized on the way there that this doesn't need to be a long, drawn-out podcast. I won't give predictions for what, you know, what could be what, or, you know, how will they play, and yada, yada, yada. But I'll, you know, briefly touch on some things. Um, so first, you know, we'll just kind of, I guess, talk about Kessler, Walker Kessler, and what led him to here. Because a lot of people, I'm realizing now, a lot of people that are Auburn basketball, quote-unquote, fans, do not follow the the rigmarole and the journey from point to point B and it's probably for the best because if you do that, you in a lot of situations like with Jalen Green and and um, uh, to, to, to a certain small degree Greg Brown where you got a lot of hopes going and you, you just kind of scan every step and every footprint along the way and you end up thinking you know the answer and the end, end result and you get burnt. So I think a lot of people this time around did not do that, did not put as much into it, and obviously with Auburn being a worse team uh You know, just to be blatant, just be blunt with you. A lot of fans did not pay that much attention to Auburn towards the end of the season, last couple of months. You can like listen to certain Auburn heads talk about their their feedback in terms of views, their statistics and uh, analytics numbers were worse across the board from them. Just look at the general conversation. uh, Look at just. I guess you have to beat in Auburn to know, but just to see how people are interacting with games, even wins, it was just clearly uh, a less of an atmosphere, and that's fine, but it's uh, certainly less of a, um, I guess, of a, um, a stickler of a fan base I mean, when times are, are bad, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, what can you do? I mean, it's a football first school. It's enough of a, a basketball turn out to continue progressing and, and diverting the right funds to the program and getting the right eyes looking at the program. So what can you do? Um, it's enough. And that's all you can really ask for guess at the end of the day. Speaking of enough, it appears we did enough to keep Walker Kessler from going back to UNC. Uh, Hubie Davis, Hubie, my wife is white. My kids are half white and I like my suit white. My Jordan's white and everything else white. Uh, Hubie Davis went back for uh, Kessler first and foremost uh, A couple other players from what I understand That are currently at UNC Pushed hard to get him to retain um, As UNC pushed We somehow remained in the battle While Gonzaga ended up ebbing out I don't know if it was because of you know Them pretty much having shit Holmgren locked down or, or whatever uh, Timmy coming back I don't know but For a reason they kind of got lost in the race And we kept on going Kept on chugging I'm, you know, just looking at what I've seen in the past couple of days and under the form that I uh, peruse for Arbor News, we've had more of a voice in his ear recently, and maybe that in part is what helped. Yesterday, him coming actually onto campus, and I don't know what he was doing, just talking to people, maybe just visiting around, but apparently it's way back from uh, a little trip in Florida. He came to campus. A lot of people are saying that a lot of grounds made at that moment. Um, and I don't believe he ever went to UNC again after leaving, you know, for whatever, to go back. I guess to go this trip. never went back to North Carolina. It was all promised through Zoom, and maybe I gave us an angle there. But either way, Walker Kessler commits today. Uh, I heard that he was supposed to commit very soon after that uh, on-campus trip. Obviously you can hear a lot of things and it may mean, not I mean anything, but it appears that I was the truth. And I mean just point blank period. Let, yeah, well, I'll I'll just talk about you know, a brief summary of why this guy's, you know, so so good. So he's 71245, moves well in transition, uh, isn't much of a like I guess a dribble or anything like that, but can kind of like, you know, create a little bit on his own. But I wouldn't say necessarily like a um a bobo or something of that caliber. He's not really a stretch five, but he does have some levels of passing and creation. Just be able to handle the ball and not just be an oaf. And if you look at a lot of centers that Auburn has had on the perimeter recently, uh, oafism is is definitely a skill that that uh, resides <laughs> in those locker rooms. Um, but he he seems to be a very agile center. Uh, he did not appear, from what I heard, get a lot of chance to be a stretch five for Roy. I believe Roy wanted to use him as a prototypical center, and that just wasn't his style. Even after promising to be used, like Luke May, he was more of a stretch big, but whatever. Um, at his time in UNC, he was in 29 games as a reserve big, uh, averaged 4.4 points and 3.2 rebounds per game, while only seeing 8.7 minutes of court time. Uh, not great. Hit 57.8% of his field goals. Made 53.7% of his free throw. It was pretty bad. Um and 25 block shots. An incredible Georgia athlete and was a McDonald's All-American. Uh, number one prospect in the state of Georgia. I believe this is Pearl's like third time getting the like, top three guy that is uh, in the state of Georgia. I want to say is number one and Cooper's number two off the top of my head. So I think this is his third time getting a uh, top three prospect out of that state. Um, let's see. Yeah, so... He's ready for uh, number five. So, yeah, um, Jabari, you know, five star, obviously, top two, par four prospect, number five overall prospect. trade, number 74 overall prospect. Um, and then you get some really good Juco guys with Zeb Japser and Wendell Green. So, you have two point guards to replace basically the two guards you left uh, or lost uh, via transfer. You have Jabari coming in. Um, in essence, can replace a, f- a forward position that you lose in, uh, Javon Franklin, and then, I think it's only three transfers to this point, and I guess in breaking even, and, uh, going above breaking even, you add Kessler, and you add, uh, you know, whoever else. Um, so, so I want to get to I want to get to the, I get to the, the um, the... I guess hypothesizing of what this can do for Auburn going forward. But I'll look at the, I'll look at the lineups first. Let me give y'all a break. Let me, let me stop talking for a minute and come back. Okay, I'm back. Uh, So here's what I really want to get to. I've pretty much been holding this off as much as I could the hypothesized lineups as of this very moment So the starting five is going to be contentious because of how much new blood is within the guard position We lose I forgot about counting Cooper when I was talking about departures So we also lost Cooper. So we're kind of breaking even as far as the guards go. We have two new guards via transfer then we have Trey Alexander who's a new guard so there's three new guards and then you have um you know Flanagan who would ideally be a three if you could help it so that's another quote unquote guard player that's hopefully not going to be counted Yeah, I mean I think Flanagan is a decent point guard better than most people appear to value him but you ideally want him to be a three so that's another uh, guard you're trying to avoid using if possible that kind of leaves you with this weird situation where you're probably your most experienced guard option ideally would be Devin Cambridge um, based on what I'm seeing off of this. And this is, I believe, an updated roster look. So we should be at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. These are 9 players not counting Chris Moore who should make 10. Uh, that Oh, yeah, then counting stretch would be 11. So I think those that's 11. JT is up in the air. That would be 12. I think we're looking to get... We're, we're looking to hold one scholarship out because of a possible reduction. So that should leave two more scholarships, I think. Which we would... Well, I don't want to talk, talk about who that could be quite yet, but... There's a couple more players that we have on the board right now. Let's just say that. There's literally two more players that, from what I've seen, are on the board that are remaining. Now, whether those happen, who knows. But we also have the option of pushing out Stretch, which I don't want to go into that today. But it's a very real possibility for understanding understand that either Stretch or Chris Moore could be pushed out if possible. Uh, probably more likely Chris Moore because of the fact that Stretch has a little bit more uh, clout and love in the locker room. But... I would prefer stretching push, though. That's just, I me. Mean, I don't think he's, you know. Whatever. Um, starting five. So, Wendell Green, Trey Alexander, Alan Flanagan, Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler. That's a possibility. That's what I'm reading off of this right now. I think if you're saying, let's just put all five best players on the court and just let it rock. I would say, when and, and I think that Zip is a better player overall than Wendell Green, but I don't... Do not believe at all that he's a better point guard. I think he's more of a combo guard. I would say best five, Wendell Green. Well, let, let's say best five and also kind of realistic. I don't think Trails Ends are going to start day one. That just wouldn't make the most sense to me, but it's possible, I suppose. I don't think it will happen day one. Wendell Green, Allen Flanagan, Jabari Smith, Jalen Williams, Walker Kessler. That's without counting JT, who you know may or may not be back. I think that's a good 5. I think Window Green is a... appears... just based on a little tape that I've watched uh, in the past couple days appears to be a very good pick and roll or just pick and, you know, as as two K would say, pick and roll maestro. But he also appears to be good to, riding the pick and pop as well. Um, but just a, you know, good point guard off of that. Uh, keeps his eyes up on every, you know, foot of the court. Really seems to uh, be acute at the driving kicking aspect of basketball. Really just a lot of you know you know like I think to say like he's he has some um traits to to Harper in my opinion in terms of just how um well in, in his scoring aspect I would say he kind of reminds me a lot of uh Harper but his handle reminds me a lot of Sheree Cooper because I'm I'm just thinking that thinking about this in ways to compare to Auburn players he has the incessant moving with the ball that Cooper possesses because if you go like to Harper, the way Harper ran the offense was more stagnant. Um, like they move in transition, but when it came to actually in the half court, the reason why we always had a pretty low pace is that we pretty much like ground, ground the ball out and really dribble the air out for usually about 15, 16 seconds before any actual plays got happened. Mm-hmm. And that was more of just a deliberate pace in the half court. While even with the half court movement with Cooper, the ball always kept moving. And sometimes, you know, with Flanagan on the court for, you know, primarily, it would stop and be a little bit more deliberate. um, Less, you know, pick and rolls actually did much of anything. Um, And, you know, that's not... I'm not trying to make it sound negative, but it was just the ball moved a little bit less in the half court when it came to Flanagan's minutes. Uh, I think this guy and I know Eastern Kentucky for what I heard, like, it's just up-tempo, up-tempo, fast, fast, period. And I see a lot of that in the tape. When I'm thinking about what this means, I think Wendell works better for Jabari. Um, I'm hoping Flanagan buys in. I think he works well Cardwell, and I think that he'll work well Tra Alexander, who also appears to be a very ISO-heavy guy. But I think he has a good shot off the dribble. I imagine he's a very he, he appears to be a very athletic dude for his, his a little bit undersized frame, um, but appears to be very athletic. Uh but definitely appears to be a shooter. Uh has a shot on him, definitely. And he also would work very well with Cambridge and Williams, who are, you know, good off ball uh slashers and, and um and trailers. Uh so I think he'd really work well with with those minutes. And it's saying I can see where you have Let's say you have Flank at the two, and then you have you know whoever to three. Like right, when you start getting to the next rotation, the next guys up, I can see moving Allen down to the three, and then you could have him you know run match up his minutes with Cambridge or with Jalen. Um, you can go that way, but I I just think he's he's a really dynamic um point guard, really really quick, really fast, has a good uh clock on his you know in his brain and that's very important uh I sped up clock you know innately and I think that's very important to really get that pace back in this system um, going from there I kind of talked about Alexander a little bit um, Alexander Flanagan I feel like would have a lot of success with the fact that Jabari and Walker he can also throw in Jalen are all basic in space of floor because those are very ISO and they're they're very good ISO players. I mean Trey obviously on the high school level, but Alan Gray, that was a very, you know, good ISO player for most of the season. Um he great as someone who's very good at shooting off the dribble for most of the season. Uh so I mean like getting him like almost NBA quality level, like one on one looks is something that's that's, you know, very valuable. And then the Alexander, same story for him. Um And then Jabari, I mean, Jabari and Walker, like, with Wendell being basically a 40% shooter after the first couple of, I think the first couple of weeks is what Justin Ferguson said of the season, and then Jabari being, you know, a good spacer, Walker out of high school being an elite, you know, spacer, shooter um, himself, there's a lot of value in that uh, with just having Jabari, you know, iso to one side. You try to double, you get burnt. I think is a decent passer. And same for Walker Kessler. There's, there's so many different looks they can run. And then you can just get to, like, the the just driving and, and you know, the putting the the pressure on the rim that I think is a, a commodity that doesn't get acknowledged enough when you look at some of the prior Auburn teams. Like, when you go back to Harper, for example, the pick-and-rolls with Horace and Malcolm or before he had the leg injury and, um, and uh, even while to some degree, uh, they really put a lot of pressure on the rim, those pick and rolls. And that kind of opened up some of those sometimes very quick trigger, trigger threes. But, you know, good looks for Bryce Browns and um, Malik Dunbars and Malik Dunbar in the pick and roll, too. I forgot about that. And, you know, whoever else, you know, Samir, et cetera, et cetera. Putting pressure on the rim to pick and roll and in transition is very valuable. And I think Wendell being out there with Cambridge and Williams and Cardwell at times. I mean there's a lot of value in that. So you could probably run one Delta 2 is. I mean like the the number two point guard two um if you wanted to and probably get a really valuable look there but you know either one This isn't really just an Auburn in general it's supposed to be a Walker Kessler podcast episode, but you know. Kessler I think he will start day one. I think that Jalen is somebody that you really want to find a spot on the court for because he is a very talented, big he's a very talented player he has a shot that when it's on is as good as you could ask for out of a stretch big, good ball handling positionally speaking can be solid on defense You know, has that history playing against bigger dudes I think you also want Carwell on the fold I mean you really want to have someone like him as athletic, as athletic as him that is as at times physically dominant as any other player on the court I mean, you got to find a way to get minutes for him. So I I think that Jalen's best means of success will probably be be being that backup four. And then you can kind of say to yourself, okay, how do we match out the guard minutes? At this very moment, I would say you want Wendell and Zepp as your ones, again, quote-unquote. And you want Trey and Devin Cameron as your twos. Devin Cameron is always weird to me because he... You know, there, there are bigger twos, like... I think Wiggins' his natural position has always been the two, and he's kind of had been forced to play the three. Cam Reddish, I think, plays like a two. You know, I think he's maybe involved since I haven't watched Cam Reddish in like a year, but I think he's someone that can kind of you know has involved to in be more of a three and four, but kind of plays like a two. I think Cam plays like a two. Uh, he can definitely defend threes and sometimes has played the small ball four, but I think a two is where I think he should be at for the sake of this hypothetical and then i think alan flag at the three with you know devin rotating in jabari rotating the three that's probably i think the best case position the best position to go i mean i really do i just think that having you know the back of small forward by committee is a way to go and then that's probably the best way you can open up minutes for jalen because if you say I don't I I just it gets really complicated if JT Thor comes back like if that happens you really get in a bad position as far as trying to figure out where to Jalen a good amount of minutes from I'm I still would say at that point that you just have Jabari be the backup three but it's like you can't put him out there forever right I I guess when you have Jabari is the first three and you have Cambridge come in to alleviate him. And then you can still have Jalen come in and be the backup. Well, no, because you still have JT Thor. It's like, I, don't, I really don't know. And just, I guess, to end this off, because I've just been, I'm, I guess I'm going back in a circle now. What do I see happening with the rest of this recruiting cycle? I really heard that we're kind of losing ground on Ty Washington. Like, quite a bit of ground on him. Uh, we may still be number two, but it's, I think it's supposed to be pretty big um, gap in that. Scoot Henderson, I also heard, was someone that's not necessarily considering coming back as much as or reclassify as much as he once was earlier in the cycle. Um, and JT Thor, I heard, is also like looking to come back. So that's a positive. But I would say I think I see JT Thor coming back. And then I think I see... Henderson not reclassifying—that's my thought. Ty Ty, I, I don't see us getting him, but there's also a lot of really good guard options. So lo- losing out on the guards necessarily doesn't really matter too much. There's still is a couple of good ones that are available, but losing out on the the um, the centers that or the center options that we had, because I mean Noah Gurley was someone that pretty much dumped Auburn the second that Alabama and uh, Duke start calling. And then Kessler, you know, that was somebody that was pretty much our backup option. So, I don't think we had another center option uh, that was worthwhile. So, it's very, very important to get Kessler. But getting Thor back, I mean, there's a, definitely a space for Thor. I mean, you can easily, like I said, move Jabari to the three, move Allen to the two, and just let it rock. And then that's probably, like, the best three, four, five, best two, three, four, five in the whole, you know, conference. I mean, if we're being for real, like, Flanagan was a... A trendy first round pick for the majority of you know, like the season, like about 75% of the season. JT Thor is somebody that could probably get drafted at a mid second right now, and that's just without you know, really getting fed the ball very much and used, I think, very correctly at all. I think, I think his time with Cooper on the court was as much as you could expect. He was a good roller, uh, he didn't get many pick and roll looks, he seemed to be really good. And just credit for himself, but that's what something he was given a ton of options to do, especially like isolated on one side of the court. So it's like I don't just don't think he was optimized, but I think he'd easily be a first round guy. You think Jabari is a first five guy to go? Kessler could easily play himself into being a first round guy. So you could easily say there's four first rounders in that lineup if things break right. Realistically, probably two or three, but it, it, there's, there's a potential there. Let's just say that. Um, so I, I think I see us going one of three for the remaining three guys we have on the board that are, like, known. Uh, but I could see... I could see things breaking out with, with Henderson. Maybe Henderson just... Because Henderson, the thing about Henderson is that he has... two... Years, so he has to play. Like he has to play two years because of his age. Unless the rules happen, and I know they're communicating that they want to change, but that's probably anytime soon. So, with that being the case, it's like, does he want to play with one of his years out of this stacked ass roster and maybe learn it easily, or does he want to, you know, hit the ground running? Well, if he if he were to play this, you'd have to wait one year. I think if he played the next year, he don't have to wait that he wouldn't have to wait at all. He could just go after one year. So I guess it's up to him what matters more to him. It's you know, there's a lot of appealing just, you know, finishing that high school circuit and being a the man there too. So I wouldn't be mad if he chose to do that, but it's up to him. I mean, he probably would not get a massive amount of minutes um, as a, as a, uh, a one with, um you know, Wendell, but he could be the backup one and then be, by the end of the season, maybe starting to maybe move you know, guys around. I think it probably, I think it'll probably end up like not reclassifying. I think it'll get him one day, it just may not be this season. That's it for me. Hope y'all enjoy. Uh, Walker Kessler, a bit committed. I think a guy that Pearl wanted more than any other player that he may have gone after in the past two seasons. Uh, the only guy, only, by, only guy I can think of that fits that same bill, maybe Jabari Smith. Um, Maybe Jalen Green. put a lot into Jalen Green, too. Uh, I know that. But you know, Cooper kind of committed, you know, back in like 2019. So I won't necessarily can put him in the same boat. But Cooper, obviously, a lot was put into him, too. I mean, he, I think he recruited Cooper since, like, 14. But put a lot into Green. Put a lot into Kessler. Uh, got burned in situations. I think he kind of pushed hard for Brown, too, but not as much as the first two. Um, huge commitment. A guy that really allows you to do so many different things with the lineups going forward. That's really why I like him. Hope you enjoyed this piece.